Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are chatting with Mel Reese, a Brooklyn-based painter and curator. Mel is also the first artist we're exhibiting at our gallery, Warren's Contemporary, and I cannot wait to dive in and learn more about her new series of work, Delta Daydreams. Welcome, Mel. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Oh, you're so welcome. I have been waiting for today's episode to just chat with you and sort of unpack your new collection of work and share your journey with our listeners. So usually the way I start these episodes is to kind of dial it back a little bit and just give our audience a chance to learn about your career as an artist, how it all started for you. So if you want to just jump in and share, you know, just tell us all the things and then we'll go from there. (laughs) Yeah, so simple. Um, So (laughs) I am a Brooklyn-based artist. As you mentioned, I live and work in Greenpoint, which I love. Um, It's such a great community for just living in general, but more specifically, um, being an artist in this community has been really lovely. And I guess my journey began, um, you know, I went to undergrad at Skidmore College, which is where I basically decided that I think this is what I want to (laughs) do, be an artist, um, which is a big decision and a big realization. And that's kind of where I focused on painting and my passion for painting and my art. Um, I've always been someone that's kind of done a lot of different things. I never really quite fit into just like one category. Um, I was also an athlete. I played soccer in college. Um, I just had a lot of passion. So going to a liberal arts college undergrad was actually really important to me because that way I could foster all of these parts of myself and really start to figure out maybe where I wanted to focus a little bit more. And that's where I discovered that art was really something that was super important to me and just a part of building who I wanted to be. And it's taught me so much and it's helped me grow so much just through the challenges of being an artist, um, which we all know. So from there, I went and got my post-baccalaureate degree at San Francisco Art Institute, which was another really wonderful completely different experience from Skidmore. And being out West, I realized that my personality is just better suited for New York, uh, Brooklyn. And so I came back and I did my master's degree at SBA. And that was, you know, an MFA experience, which we can touch into. I feel like you and I have talked about that, the challenges and the magic that is an MFA experience. And that's kind of where I both learned to foster um, like my 
line and color and passion for form and technique. But it was done in this way that just completely broke me down (laughs) um, and just destroyed me and built me back up. And I learned a new way to, to approach these underlying factors in my work that while I've done a lot of different imagery or, or approaches to the canvas, I think that my work does have an underlying theme through this idea of line, form, color, and texture that is just rooted in all of my work. I think you can always kind of tell that I'm the one who's, who's doing the work no matter what materials or what manifestation it is, whether it's uh, figurative or super abstract minimalist, I've, I've done it kind of all. Amazing. Amazing. I love learning more about your journey and it's true. Your work is very cohesive, even though you, it kind of spans a wide range of, you know, you, like you said, you have some work that is very abstract. You have work that is a little bit more figurative, but you can tell you have this sort of signature style that you've developed and it takes time to get to that point. Like it really is a process. And I remember when I visited your studio, which was around this time last year, I think you had shared with me that some of your work was rooted in printmaking. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. I fell in love with and learned printmaking initially at Skidmore College. Um, They have a really wonderful printmaking program there. And it started with just woodblock printmaking and this idea of having to work the negative space and also in reverse imagery to create a positive kind of stamp image that's going to be the final image once you flip it over and stamp it on paper or you know put the paper over the top and roll it through the press but it was this really challenging way of thinking and approaching the negative space versus positive space and from that moment I think it's it's been a through line in my work where I'm constantly thinking about that, that relationship between positive and negative space to the point where I actively work. And so that, whether that be by putting tape down or, or blocking out a negative space, I'm actively having to do that and think about what the negative space is um, to then leave the positive space for the paint to adhere to the canvas. So I'm constantly thinking in that negative stamp-like sweeping gesture type thinking that you have to approach printmaking with. Um, so even though they aren't technically prints, I, they are paintings, printmaking process. And the way that you have to approach a composition is very much rooted in printmaking for me. Yes, yes. And I I could tell as soon as I saw your work, when you shared that you had a background in printmaking, I wasn't surprised at all because it really comes through, especially the layers. Like you tend to work in layers and I could really see that. And, and it's such a beautiful quality. And I feel like even though your work continues to shift and evolve as all artists' work does, it still has that sort of through line in that approach, which is beautiful. I also wanted to ask you about your use of color because I feel like that's such a big part of your work. Oh, and just a side note, I'm so proud that I have one of your prints, one of your gorgeous prints, limited edition. 
so beautiful and I can't wait to get it framed. But it's it's really cool to see that print and then what you're working on now, because even though they're so different, I still feel that there's a quality that is the same. Absolutely. I mean, that print is specifically really precious to me because that is literally the first print I ever Oh my made. gosh. Okay. I'm sure you told me that, but I, I think I forgot that. It's so beautiful <laughs> and so delicate. And I think a lot of your work does have this like sort of delicate quality. It's I mean, it's gorgeous. And so tell it, tell us about color. I'm, I want to hear you, like your philosophy on, or like how you use color in your work. Yeah. I mean, color, uh, you know, for any artist is just so important and also just so specific. I feel like a lot of artists just really develop their palette. Um, and the way that I work, I work with acrylic paint um, and I like to premix my colors and just really work with a color. Color theory is actually the class that I took in undergrad that made me truly fall in love with what it meant to be an artist. That was the class that I that I took where I was like, I think that this is what I'm gonna do. Like this is fascinating. And so it color has always I think been the 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 root of my love for art. And what you can do with color is just there's it's limitless. So you can tell a story, you can set a mood, you can create cohesiveness, you can do the complete opposite and just be really jarring. Specifically with this current show, Delta Daydreams at Warren's Contemporary, very driven and inspired by my experience in the Mississippi Delta. During, you know, rain season, during growth season, during storm season, it's very rooted in these kind of really earthy, kind of metallic, but not metallic, I, uh, you know, rusty, just really earthy color palette that um, sometimes surprisingly has really bright saturated colors in it that we think you know there's no way that we, that's in nature um and you look and it, it's very much there the mississippi delta and this was my first time really spending time in the state let alone in this like really specific part of mississippi um the delta being you know part of this growth you know, and and farmland and the nutrients that are there, it's very obvious. It's a very overgrown area. Um, nature is very much in control in this area. And I felt I felt the power of nature while I was there. And and being from Brooklyn, it was it was overwhelming at times. And so I think I was just really blown away by the beauty and and the power of nature while I was there. So that's kind of what generated my my color palette for the for this show. Amazing, amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that because I know that your experience while you were in it was a residency, right? Um, yes, yes. Yeah. It was a JX Farms residency, which was lovely. Um it's just a very self-driven 
residency, they give you the space and the time and you can do what you what you want with it. And I knew it was going to be an experience for me, which is what drew me to the residency in the first place. I I wanted to pull myself out of my comfort zone, out of the Brooklyn cityscape and really put myself in in basically a completely opposite scenario. Um, and boy, did I. I, I really <laughs> did. It was, you know, I got there and it was, this was early April. And I think we all heard about those massive Mississippi tornadoes that were tearing through the area. And um, I realized I have a real fear tornado. <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> yeah. It's very understandable. Um, yeah. A massive storm cell was coming through. Um, right as I got there and just the, the power, I had such, such respect for the area and the land and the resiliency. And it seems like such a destructive thing, but then you wake up the next day and it's beautiful and green and lush and just really coming back to life at, at that time. You know, things were in hibernation, but there's a reason why there's a rainy season and it's just flooded with growth and um power yeah amazing amazing and I wanted to ask if there was anything else while you were in the residency that (laughs) impacted or just like yeah had an impact on your experience and the collection that you created yeah so you you know (laughs) set me up for that one I appreciate yeah so what Victoria's (laughs) mentioning is uh, not many people know this, but I, I found out that I was pregnant um, two days before I packed myself in a car and drove down all the way to Mississippi. It, that, I think, it definitely impacted my time there. I, I literally, it was just my husband and I found out and um, we were very excited, I should add. Um, but it was so early, like hadn't been to the doctor yet, kind of early, um, that we didn't, it was so new and it was unknown and it was so exciting, but also scary. And, you know, you immediately have to start changing everything, you know, what you eat, how you approach the day. You know, I was I was driving for hours on end by myself to get there. Your body's going through a lot. I was super creepy and uncomfortable and I was exhausted too. That was my experience. I luckily did not feel very sick or anything at the time, but the exhaustion was really real. Um so I took be there and just make sure that I was eating and drinking water and hydrating and being safe and experiencing this magical moment in complete solitude, which was really interesting. It was a lot of time for reflection on how I felt about this really, really life-changing moment that I was just enlightened to. Um, And for me, being from Brooklyn in a very liberal area where I've never had to question whether or not I had the right to make this decision for myself um, and then swiftly going to a state, which we've 
heard and followed is like the, you know, the leading state in restricting women's uh, bodily autonomy and access to certain health care. And so that's been something that's been on my mind as we've kind of seen this shift in our culture growing up with the privilege of Roe v. Wade and then having it stripped away um, has been something that I, I, as a woman, think about, obviously. But this being such a wanted pregnancy, it was an interesting dichotomy to just think about for a second. And and I found out really, really early um, and just thinking about all the women that don't find out that early and how swiftly that door can can close um, for them to make a decision was really, it, it, it was this weird uh, moment for me to both be super excited and then also be in this, in a state, in a country that made me really think about the, these things because it's hard not to, to consider that when you're in an area like that. And so on a more positive note, I guess, um this experience i mean i basically this body of work has very much grown and developed in me and i've been able to to produce this body of work um alongside this other major project that my body is working on um of of growing a healthy and happy baby and so it's been you know six and a half months of this project and six and a half months of this little baby that I'm growing gosh and you're about to give birth to both (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's amazing giving birth to this project first and Mm -hmm. you know which is a nice like intro (laughs) to giving birth um but yeah to see it come to kind of fruition right before, um, you know, my body is basically going to tap out and uh, produce another amazing thing has been such an incredible experience. And so it's, it's not that my pregnancy is informing the work. It's almost Mm -hmm. that it's a part of this series as just being a part of me. um, And what challenges and what limitations and what amazing things I've had to do to achieve this body of work, um, you know, built, you know, push through the exhaustion in the early days, um, figure out, you know, what I can get, build and stretch these canvases because, you know, at a certain point I just can't bend over and, and do that anymore. Um, so planning out what my body will let me do, what, what this baby will let me do. And he's honestly been very generous. I I feel very lucky. It's been a very easy, relatively speaking, uh, pregnancy. So I feel very lucky to, to have the, the energy and the time to get this project done. It's amazing. And it's, I just appreciate you sharing so much about, your experience. And I can't imagine what that must be like to, you know, you found out you were pregnant and then, like you said, you're processing it almost in like complete solitude for a couple of weeks. And also in a state where 
you know, those kinds of decisions haven't always been available to women. And it's a lot to process and it's so many things happening at once, but I think it's so beautiful how it's informed your work and like how you've sort of grown and evolved like throughout the past six months. And I mean, your work is beautiful. And to see you channeling this experience, uh, you know, the larger experience of carrying a child, but also the experience of being in the residency at that time, such a prominent time in your life. Um, I think the result is just a really powerful collection of work that I'm so excited to share. And I think it does raise important questions and um, sort of the deeper layers to the series are important things for us to kind of continue thinking about. It's it's obviously a very important conversation that we need to keep having, but also to hear about you just describing like the color palette and the the how that's informed by the landscape while you were there because it is such a shock when you're in New York City and you leave like even if you're just there for a few weeks as soon as and I mean you live there full time so <laughs> to go out into I mean I've never been to Mississippi but anytime I go to any kind of rural area after I've been in the city for a prolonged period of time it is a bit of a shock to the system. Like I always joke that sometimes I get anxiety when I leave the city and I go out into nature because I'm yeah. like where is everyone? And I'm like, being in solitude in in a rural area is so different than being in solitude in, say, your apartment in the city, um, because you really feel that you're alone <laughs> with yourself yes. Yes. When, when you're out in nature. It's a beautiful thing, but it's also like, I can't imagine processing such, I know how excited you were, but it, that's a huge life moment to be processing alone. It is. <laughs> it is. Um and, you know, and you want to also, so you're processing this big moment in solitude, um, which is really magical in its own way. Um, but also you, when you go to a residency, you want to, you want to make sure that you're giving yourself, you know, you've already gifted yourself this time. You've made it happen. You applied, you moved your schedule around to be able to to dedicate this this time to your work and you want to give yourself to that um and so how do you fit that all in how do you let yourself be human process what's happening to you and also communicate with your partner because it's also happening with them and um at a distance and also just give yourself the focus uh, and, you know, the respect to your work that you decided ahead of time, this is this is a dedicated amount of time that I'm giving to this and it's limited. And I want to soak in as much of this experience as I can while I'm here, um, because as magical as it was, I, I, I don't find myself probably going back to Mississippi. Um, I mean, this was this was rural Mississippi. It was an experience. and. It's so unique and so beautiful and so rewarding and so informative in so many ways. Um, but I'm good. I, you know, that's <laughs> that amount of time. That you was had a good your fill. Time. I had my fill. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's back to city life. Yeah. I, I think like how you're describing 
you know, being in the residency and just soaking up every minute because, you know, you probably won't experience it again, or at least not for a very long time if you do ever go back. I I would imagine, I mean, I've never had the experience of being pregnant, but, you know, my friends are always telling me like it, it goes, the pregnancy goes so fast that it's also sort of applying that to savoring those moments, probably even the challenging ones of carrying a child and gearing up to be a parent. I mean, there's so much there as well. How did you find, like, as you were sort of creating this new series of work, um, Delta Daydreams, inspired by this, this experience, how did different emotions come up for you? Like, how is it navigating just actually creating the experience and process of creating the work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this this body of work, I should also mention, it's just, it's very new. Um, I really let myself delve into this. Such a, such a different experience for me um, ended up instigating a very different approach to creation that I had been working on and really harvesting for the past like three, four years. I've really been hyper-focused on this certain method of creating and production and um, being in nature, I've found, um, even through previous residency experiences and, and just d- different life-defining moments, that nature has really been a, 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 a changing factor for me, right? Like a culminating, a, a crucial factor in influence and um, approach to the canvas. So it happened with me post-grad school um, when I went to Vermont Studio Center. That was a big changing moment for me where nature was was rooted in the focus of um, a real abstract minimalist approach to form and line and color. And that basically has served me for the past how many years now? Uh, six years now. Um, and I've spent that time since that residency um, focusing on, on cultivating this certain type of, of approach to the canvas and working the negative space to create a positive image and really not using a paintbrush or active what I call an active line where I'm actively drawing a form. Um, Everything was done in a very negative to produce a positive. And after this residency, I felt a real need to just like get my hand back into it. I think um, it's been slowly, I've been slowly itching for it, but I've been kind of restricting myself for whatever reason, I, sometimes we do that in our practice. Um, but it felt like after this residency, a real need to, um, you know, I wanted to work the land a little bit uh, while I was there. We pl- did some planting on the farm. The the animals were very much involved in, in my studio. Um, I had some very opinionated chickens uh, letting me know how they felt about my work on a daily basis. And um, it was just, it was a very, I worked in a in the barn. It was very hands-on. It was 
very open to the elements. Um, while I was very much protected, it was very rainy. It was very damp. It was um, water plays a massive role in in the production of this current series because of you know specifically what I experienced in the Mississippi Delta. Um, you know, the Delta by definition is defined by an area of water. And so this, uh, this body of work is both rooted in water and water-based media. Um, and so, so both the relinquishment of control that kind of water can bring, um, but also my hand as an artist trying to manipulate and control um, the, that aspect of water in my work. Um, so each piece is just like fully saturated with water from the very beginning um, and creates these very um, soft backgrounds um, that are not fully controlled. And I try to let the water pooling dictate that very beginning stage of where the pigment might settle, um, where it might be a little more washy. And from there I build upon it. Um, and I'm very much influenced by, by the lines of a landscape in that next stage. And I'm trying to respond to both the composition of of the canvas as well as my photographs that I took while I was there as well as the memories that I have of, of walking through the land and being there um so these these paintings become somewhat topographical but also so they're they're they've got this kind of landscape essence to them but they're also I've I've put them all vertical orientation which is um very jarring for any type of landscape we expect it to be horizontal or landscape um composition and I wanted to play with that I really wanted to throw throw that off a little bit um I I wanted to play with this I this sense of depth versus um surface level so that's kind of where they become almost topographical where they become like they seem familiar but they're also dreamlike um and so that's kind of where this idea of delta daydreams came from where i'm just remembering this this whirlwind of an experience through line and shape and form and, and texture texture is playing a large role in this series as well beautiful and just I mean it's it's so wonderful to hear more about this collection and what you experienced while you were creating it and what came up for you and I always think like as you were describing the process and how this was a moment where you wanted to sort of like simultaneously give up a little bit of control by allowing the water to dictate each piece, but then also bringing your hand back into it. It just reminds me that we learn so much like from our work, like we learn these valuable lessons that we can apply to other parts of our life as well. Um, 
And so I think it's a really powerful reminder, but also just envisioning the work as you're talking about it. Like there, I can feel the movement of the water throughout each piece and, um, and the texture, you have like very smooth sort of washed out areas, but then you have the texture yeah. um, that comes through and it, there are these really interesting moments in there. And I love that you made the decision to flip the canvases and sort of just play with that idea. I think the result is just a really intentionally create, like beautifully created um, collection that I'm so excited to share. And and for anyone listening, um, the opening for Delta Daydreams is on Friday, September 22nd. I will put all of the information in the show notes. Uh, So we'd love to have you there. But Mal, I also want to ask you a little bit, just shifting gears slightly, I wanted to ask you about your experience as a curator and the curatorial work that you've done in Brooklyn and perhaps beyond and just how you sort of segued into, um, into curating as well as your art practice. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like my curatorial kind of debut, <laughs> um, it actually happened in, in the heart of COVID. It was a passion project. Um, I partnered with uh, this online virtual kind of platform called Art and Res. Uh, they were kind of building this platform where you could buy artwork in installments. So making artwork a little more accessible to everyone. Um, and I just really loved what they were doing. And so I reached out to them and said, you know, you have this wonderful collection of artists. Can I kind of, you know, work with them to create these curated shows? Um, And it was such a wonderful experience to do during COVID when everyone was just really separated from one another. It was a great way to, to utilize the virtual realm to bring artists back together um, and focus on, on like the joys of, of life. Um, And art became very important. I think for people in this time too, people really started to focus on their home. Um, You know, they were spending a lot of time in solitude in their home and these spaces. And they realized they wanted to put, uh, thought and care into what they had around them and art can do that so um, I I wanted to help people feel that way about the art rather than it just being a static image on a on a website um, and so I wanted to curate these images in a way that was maybe more digest digestible for people who were just starting to dip their toe into buying art. Um, and through that experience, I just, I found how much I loved to work with artists, um, how much joy it was to just kind of give myself to, to that project. Um, and from there, I made a ton of wonderful connections. And, uh, after that, I ended up getting, um, you know, once, I guess that near like nearing the end of COVID um, when we were starting to have in-person exhibitions again in 2021, 
I was part of an exhibition and I just got along with the curator so well. Uh, we ended up just becoming friends and eventually she had this curatorial project that she was like, would you like to do this with me? And it was such a pleasure working with her. And we've just been um, curating together ever since. And we now are the curators and residents at the Yard Greenpoint location, which has been such an amazing project. And just getting to work with these artists that I admire, it, it's been such a pleasure. So I work with this wonderful woman, Morgan Everhart, and she's kind of created this incredible application. It's it's a newsletter at the moment, but it's going to be an app called ArtHap. And um, she has that with uh, her business partner, Alex Fame. And we, the three of us, have just been working through ArtHap to create these like awesome curations of local artists in a space that is very accessible. You know, the yard is a co-working space here in, in New York City. And so we get to create these curated shows that people get to experience on a daily basis, kind of unlike a traditional gallery space where it kind of sits in a, in a white room and it's beautiful and it's such an important experience. This is something that's a little more, uh, you get to interact with art on a daily basis. And so that's been a wonderful project to work on. It's so cool to learn more about it. And a question that I that came up for me while you were describing this experience is like, have, do you feel that your work as a curator has impacted your practice or, you know, since you've sort of ventured into curating? I don't know if it's influenced my work in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly helped me do things like put on my own exhibitions um just through experience and um what I want to produce for myself and how to write press releases and all of those uh growth and uh learning experiences that I've that I've experienced from from curatorial practice um that's kind of fed into my work I think the more like administrative side of being an artist definitely helped and influenced but as far as my practice um the way that it's influenced it I guess is just by it helps me build more of a community of artists and just having more and more peers um to communicate with and and reflect on your work with I think that that's kind of where it comes into play as far as my practice Yes, yes. And it's it's so important to connect or to be part of an artist community. And I think it's something that can easily be forgotten about because we are seeking opportunities. And, you know, the nature of being an artist is like you're working in solitude. But um, I always chat about like and try to just remind artists because it's something I forgot for a long time as well. Like when I was just out of art school, I was focusing so much on how to build an art career and like what steps to take that I sort of lost that artist community. And I once it's something I feel that when you reconnect, you remember how important it is um, and how it can strengthen your own work and, you know, all the things that you're doing. But Mel, I 
just want to thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited for your exhibition. I know it's going to be incredible. Again, all of the information will be in the show notes for anyone listening that would like to join us. Um, but I'm so, I'm just so proud of you and all the incredible work you're doing. And, uh, and thank you for, for opening up and sharing a little bit more about your work and journey and process with our listeners today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure and such an honor. Thank you again. And and as always, for everyone tuning in, thank you so much for supporting our podcast. And we hope that these these conversations continue to inspire you. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com slash magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to digital issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.